This episode is brought to you by Rizutsu Lodges. Rizutsu Lodges is located five minutes walk to the main Rizutsu ski resort gondola. There are Japanese western and apartment style rooms with breakfast packages available. There's a Japanese sento or public bath. Two convenient stores less than a minute walk away. Ski room and tune-up tables. Free pickup available from a bus stop and plenty of parking space for free. Uh, for more information, check out the website and uh, also check it for availability at uh, rizutsulodges.com. That's rizutsulodges.com. Welcome to the Voices in Japan podcast with your hosts, Ben and Burke. On today's show, we talk about the benefits of being a foreigner in Japan or things that non-Japanese people can get away with. Some of the things we discuss are not having to work overtime, not being a part of a senpai kohai relationship and everything that comes with it, being a nuisance when drunk in public, saying direct and rude things to Japanese people, dating people who are much younger or older, and much, much more. All right, enjoy the show. I think we need to do a little bit of house cleaning at the very beginning here. Uh, house cleaning? Yeah, I mean, what I mean by that is like, uh, you know, like, for example, uh, we kind of got a message after our last episode uh, when we were talking about skirts and stuff and uh, kind of joked a little bit about Laurie and oh, right. Scotland. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so we got a message from Laurie, right? And yeah. uh, he kind of said uh, he wanted to enlighten us because uh, we talked about and joked whether or not he wore a skirt when he was a kid. Uh, he's from Scotland, wasn't very sensitive, culturally sensitive of us. <laughs> And he said, uh, so there's a message from him. He said, do you know why they called it, call it a, a kilt? And uh, he said, please enlighten us. And he said, because that's what happened the first time somebody called it a skirt. They got kilt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In a Scottish accent, um, he said, probably oh, sounded yeah. funnier. Yeah. Caroled. Caroled. <laughs> <laughs> can you, uh, Ben, can you do it in the Scottish accent? That was my Scottish accent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Carol, you didn't Carol, catch that Carol. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were saying Carol like some woman's <laughs> name Carol you were saying kill yeah. uh, what, what what, how do you say it? this guy say do you know what you call hey, I'm not going to try <laughs> yeah, you know what yeah I'm not going to try call it killed killed that was Is pretty that good killed yeah because that's what happened the first time somebody called it a skirt <laughs> they got they killed <laughs> that was good that was good yeah, that probably just upset upset a whole lot of other people there too yeah you know, probably we'd have to get Laurie to call in and do a, a special call in just to <laughs> just do that joke <laughs> exactly yeah. uh that was that was the first thing that kind of reminded me though of a long time ago when we were talking about like uh quality beef that people order in japan um you know because uh we were talking about like kobe beef and everyone kind of recognizes that as like the best beef in Japan, but we were kind of saying, oh, we actually know of like some other types of beef that are actually more popular or better. Mm. And uh, after uh, this Japanese guy that I know listened to that episode 
and uh, he and w- w- I can't remember what type what beef I mentioned. It was like, was yeah, it in Hokkaido, say. like a Hokkaido kind, like Matsuzaka or something like that? No, but see, <laughs> that's another thing. Uh, I t- so you mentioned Matsuzaka, and he told me that's actually yeah probably uh, the highest quality along with Kobe beef. So he was saying like what you were saying was correct. Like Matsuzaka <laughs> was one of the top. But what I said saying, was correct, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but, yeah. Well, but one thing you did, I think you said it was like a Hokkaido beef. It's not. I don't think Matsuzaka is Hokkaido beef. I think it's from somewhere else. Oh, all right. Yeah, but he didn't really catch that. All he caught was whatever beef I was talking about. He was like, that's not quality beef. <laughs> he was like, that's kind of regular beef. So I can't even remember what I was. I think I was saying like Miyazaki beef or something. Oh, right. Remember. So he, oh. he called you out on it and said, basically, he, you're, you're wrong. Yeah, there was actually like a, a, a little span of a few episodes when he was kind of like correcting a few things I was saying. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, I'll be sure to like uh, mention that on the next episode. And I just like uh, never mentioned any of these. So he's probably not even listening anymore. He got so sick of like uh, me never correcting myself. So this um, this was a, a Japanese friend of yours. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he was kind of, I mean, he's a pretty good English speaker. Uh, he helps me out with some business stuff every now and then. Um, but yeah, he was like regularly listening to the podcast, but yeah, he probably quit now. That's uh, cool. That's cool that, um, he kind of, you know, mentioned those points to you, but yeah, I think, uh, yeah, you didn't even mention those to me. So yeah, I'm a little bit disappointed in you as well, Buck. (laughs) Well, just wait. I quit. I quit. (laughs) I'm out of here. Ben's gone. End of the podcast. The star has quit. That's what happens when he gets too famous, man. Um, but well, actually the third thing that I kind of want to clear up too, it's not like necessarily related to Japan directly, but you know, I was kind of like teasing you at the beginning of a few episodes ago when you weren't here saying like, did you get that rash taken care of, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And uh, oh, you were, you were like, oh, you mean the ringworm? Because we were kind of talking about that before we started recording. I actually had ringworm at really? that time. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you, you kept that one quiet too. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's kind of one of those things where when you get it, you don't really want to talk about it because you're like, I want to see how this goes before I like let people know I've got this rash. Yeah, so people that don't know, I mean, we were, ta- we were talking about martial arts uh, during that episode, so it did kind of come up appropriately. Ringworm is like a mat fungus rash that is very common in, like, wrestling. Funny thing is, man, I said, like, I've been wrestling since I was, like, five or six, and then doing jiu-jitsu after that. Never in my life had caught ringworm before until uh, I started going around our jiu-jitsu gym recently. And, uh, yeah, so I had it on my foot. And I was like, kind of teasing you about <laughs> yeah. you were going to catch it, but I actually had it. Yeah. Did you have it at that time that you were teasing me about it? Yeah, it had just like gotten to like its worst point at that point, at that time. <laughs> and like it was on the top of my foot and it was like itching really bad like while we were recording. Everything. <laughs> I was like kind of giving you a hard time about it, but actually and it's gross, man. People don't know anything about like ringworm or fungus. It's, it's basically like athlete's foot, same type of fungus. Uh, rash or whatever but anyway well uh, well let me know the next time you go so i will make sure to avoid you <laughs> i'll be sure to like rub that foot on you actually. <laughs> hey what's up ben yeah. what a roll <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I, w- I was the ringworm culprit i'm sorry for uh <laughs> ring anyways worm. yeah it has nothing to do with today's topic but i wanted to kind of clear those three things no up. but well i mean the topic is uh benefits of being a foreigner in Japan, so it could relate to the topic in that, you know, even though you might have ringworm, maybe if you're being, if you're a foreigner, they will excuse that and let you train at the dojo anyway. You think so? I don't know. Somebody else was saying it might like 
they might like let you get away with it if you're a Japanese person, but that might be one of those things that like as a foreigner, you would immediately get like harsh treatment mm. because of it. And then you'll be labeled as the ringworm guy because you're foreign as well. Yeah, and, and the word will get around that for all foreigners have ringworm or something. Exactly. They don't. They don't take care of it. They just like keep showing up at practice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah, you're right though. Sometimes uh, they are like, oh, the foreigner doesn't really know what he's doing. Uh, you know, he's kind of just going about his business, <laughs> half, half there, half not there. Yeah. But so. I, I guess you know the good thing is about our dojo is uh, you know being foreign. We we don't get away with uh, with a lot of things like you know the the rules. Um, like at the beginning of the the session where we have to line up, so everyone has to do that, right? Even if we're foreign, and I think recently, especially our sensei's been telling us to sit in rank order. Have you noticed that? Yeah, I think, I think it's like higher higher belts at the front and then lower belts towards the back. Yeah, I, I, as far as I, back as I can remember, we kind of used to. I mean, yeah, I don't think that's new, is it? Um, well, I, I don't know, maybe. Maybe he's been letting me get away with it because I've been at the front a lot of the time and I'm definitely not a black belt. <laughs> yeah, that was probably one of those things where it's like, oh, cute foreigner. He's <laughs> <laughs> his Ben, he's a foreigner. <laughs> let him be at the front. <laughs> yeah. and, and all the black belts are at the back. <laughs> and you're just like sitting down smiling in front of him. Like, hey, this is fun, man. <laughs> but no, I actually only, only noticed, yeah, recently he's been kind of beckoning the higher belts to come to the front. But maybe it's when um, new people are in the dojo, so like new kind of white belts, whereas so the the people who have been there a long a lot longer, he doesn't kind of you know tell them where to where to be, where to be at the back or the front. They can just you know sit where they are. Because normally I'm just in the middle, middle towards the front, never in the front. I, I kind of stay away from the front, but more like second from the front or something, which I I shouldn't really be. I should be like right at the back. Yeah, recently he's like, everybody come sit in front of Ben again. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, unfortunately, to be honest, like I can usually never even make the beginning of practice, so I don't. Get there <laughs> right, for that, yeah, so, that's yeah. a good point. You haven't probably done that um, that warm up or the the beginning of the session for for years, so uh, <laughs> you haven't noticed the change. It's not for years, but. <clears throat> It's been a while. I mean, yeah, it's hard to get to. I got to put my daughter in bed and stuff at night. So, anyways. Well, actually, yeah. that's a fair point. Like, none of the higher belts really kind of come in early for the, the drilling session, which is uh, a bit unfortunate, maybe. Um, mm. You know, because it's, it's quite rare to see the black belts or brown belts um, at the very beginning of the class. It's always like blue, white, maybe purple, you know, but you never really see the the black belts they always kind of come in later on to just to spar and roll around right so yeah maybe that's why you've never kind of noticed it or so maybe i should be at the front maybe maybe you should just take one of his spare black belts hanging on the wall and put it on <laughs> and maybe you should sit in his spot and be like no, you, you should sit further back please see if i can get away with it yeah <laughs> You got got any ideas back? Any other things that you think um, you know the benefits of being non-Japanese in uh, in this country? Yeah, and you know, 
uh, I kind of saw what some other people's opinions are about this as well, too. And to be honest, like, I, I felt the same way. And I found out a lot of people seem to also feel the same way. Like, a lot of these kind of cut both ways. It's kind of like double-edged sword. Uh, things that you can get away with, but they also tend to uh, to hold you back in certain senses. Um, but a lot of them, for me, uh, relate to work. Mm. Like, uh, especially at a Japanese company, the examples I thought about. Um, one of them is that, uh, like, it's much easier to get out of meetings, get out of working overtime. Uh, I mean, even remembering back to, like, teaching at uh, English language schools, uh, definitely there was a different way of treating, like, the foreign teachers uh, versus the Japan the way the Japanese teachers were treated, right? Uh, you know? Right. So, uh, yeah, for me... Uh, one of the biggest benefits of being a foreigner in Japan, working in Japan, either a Japanese company, English language school, or whatever, is that you do not have the same, uh, especially working hour expectations as the Japanese staff. Yeah, like I've never done any overtime work since I've been in Japan. Like every school I've worked at, um, all the teachers work overtime, but as soon as uh five five o'clock or five fifteen, whatever time I'm supposed to finish comes. I'm like straight out the door, like see you later and uh and all the Japanese stuff they they accept that, you know, because they're like, Okay, he's foreign or all the foreign teachers uh in, in the same boat and we all leave at the same time. And it's kind of a bit odd if we do stay late. You know, it's like oh he's uh he's kind of a, a try hard or something. He's trying to impress everyone when he doesn't really need to. Yeah, there were some, a lot of times actually, uh, you know, uh, especially my last company where I was kind of a higher ranked position within the company. So I, I did have uh, some of the same uh, like work hour expectations, obviously being in that position. but Because mm, you're like a, a manager or something. So yeah, you exactly. To kind of lead by, um, what'd you say? Yeah, yeah take, take the lead. Um, well, yeah. People below you uh, couldn't leave before you. Was that right? Well, it was never like that because the company in general didn't really have... I mean, people did that just kind of out of like a cultural thing. They would usually wait for their seniors to leave in a lot of cases, but it was never really one of those unspoken rules of that company. Um, but just because I was a section manager, like I just had a workload that was impossible to finish or I had to wait uh, for like a certain... to hear back from uh, higher up person like one of my own seniors uh before i could get the work done and then be able to leave the office you know mm. uh so i was kind of at the whim of when these other people wanted to get back to me about stuff during the day and just as a result of that i was sticking around longer but mm. kind of you know what i was saying on the flip side of that like you know it kind of cuts both ways uh this isn't really an example of it cutting both ways but like i, I have worked with some foreigners before who kind of played that too much and uh like it just like I mean basically they were like I mean for lack of a better word they were lazy and like shirked responsibility and uh, and tried to play that foreigner card in that situation a little too much and it kind of hurt the image of foreigners in general and uh, and plus like that person was just like difficult to work with but they kind of needed him so they couldn't get rid of him you know mm. um, so I will say and I want to ask you about this too uh like it's it is it does kind of get annoying too i mean you were kind of saying like maybe people look at that person as like a do-gooder or something trying to like fit into the japanese culture too much or something mm. but 
you know, on the other side, just like some people, like it would be better if they did take a little bit more responsibility in that situation uh, instead of trying to shirk responsibility too much. Ben, uh, do you ever uh, think you might be doing that, taking advantage of that situation a little too much in the work uh, in the work environment? <laughs> what well, is a fine line, isn't it? There's a fine line of shirking too much responsibility or or not doing enough. So I I think I've kind of been working long enough in Japan to be right on that line. You know, I'll I won't stay late. I won't do overtime, but I'll be constantly. Uh, giving the impression that I'm working my ass off when I'm at work, you know, whether it's like, you know, reading as many books as I can, even, you know, upside down at lunchtime, whatever, having <laughs> textbooks open all over the place, you know, walking really fast down the hallway, <laughs> just to make sure that I, I'm giving the impression that I'm a hard worker. So that's where, you know, I kind of make up for not working overtime because my job, you know, it's not really that difficult. I don't really have to work that hard, you know. Being a being an English teacher, teaching at schools, as long as you're you're organised, you plan well, it's not a difficult job to do. You know, it doesn't take much uh, much thinking involved. Well, what you're mentioning kind of rem- reminds me of another thing I wanted to talk about. But uh, before that, how about uh, I want to hear what your uh, first example is? My first, oh, so mine is actually quite similar to yours, like in the in the working environment, or not just the work environment, but also daily life. Is um, being a foreigner, you can ignore the the social hierarchy that is uh, very prominent in Japan. The whole kohai senpai relationship, which we did a uh, an episode with with Yuki, um, the kohai senpai uh, senior and junior relationship. But yeah, we we don't have to really be involved in that. And even though we actually kind of do have a have a senpai and kohai, um, if we start a new job or join a company, but just that relationship is uh, isn't as rigid and as deep as it would be if we were Japanese, which is kind of good, I think, for us, because um, those relationships can be quite stressful for usually the kohai especially if they don't like them or something right because i i knew or i know of um two people who have uh, who work together um but the younger one the kohai doesn't like his senpai at all um i'm not sure if his senpai knows that but every time they you know i'm i try to invite both of them out together because i kind of you know i like them both we get on quite well um separately but I've never really seen them uh, socially together because every time I invite both of them, the kohai uh, says I'm not going to go if my senpai is going. Yeah, this is definitely one that I'm glad as a foreigner we're not subjected to. I mean, you hear, just like you're saying, like uh, some Japanese people go overseas and, and then when they come back, one of the things they said that they enjoyed doing while they were overseas because they didn't need to worry about the senpai kohai situation even in, in their work environment unless maybe they worked at a japanese company and like they didn't have to work worry about the uh keigo son keigo and being very polite japanese using the right type of japanese with your your seniors and stuff and uh even like uh japanese comedian meshido was saying like he uh enjoyed being i think he was saying he enjoyed being in england because he didn't need to worry about that stuff 
too much. Mm, yeah. Have you, I mean, in your companies that you work for, did you have uh, a senpai and what was your relationship like with, with them? Was it quite rigid and did you have to speak Kago all the time and did you feel uh, stressed when having to, to be around them all the time? <clears throat> I definitely had seniors, and there were senior guys in the company, but I never felt like anybody was having uh, very strict expectations about the way I behaved and uh, and spoke or wrote, wrote emails and stuff. Um, uh, at least they never really said that. And again, I think part of that reason was is because one of the companies that I worked at for the longest time, uh, one of my senior, uh, the senior guys was actually another foreigner, and he like had no grasp whatsoever of any of that like proper japanese etiquette business etiquette so he kind of like you know cleared the forest in terms of expectations of like uh what people had for foreigners in the company yeah yeah because they were just like i mean they were just like yeah nobody is capable of, of doing it right um but i will say that like uh especially now that i've uh been here you know quite a while i do try to uh you know write emails now to senior people especially like the president of the company in very very polite japanese and stuff like that which they really appreciate they seem to appreciate you know mm. you do that and stuff so but you know like if you were japanese they wouldn't be as appreciative they'll probably be like oh his grammar's not very good and he didn't write this email perfectly because like but because you're foreign they're giving you that slack, right? They say, oh, yeah, they know, this is great. He's foreign. He's wrote, written this letter to us. But if you're Japanese, they probably uh, would find something wrong with it and complain about it and be very strict towards you. Oh, for sure. And mm. I think, like, uh, they probably, like, sometimes when people do openly, like, uh, you know, compliment my polite Japanese in front of other Japanese people who are probably sick of, like, foreigners being in the office, mm. they're like, this is nothing special, man. Like, stop telling them that. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, it probably upsets some of them too, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So, but like, um, even in kind of social situations outside of work, have you ever had to kind of hang out with your senpais from work, like at oh, barbecues from... or anything like that? Uh, sometimes, like going out to uh, to um, like dinners and stuff so i mean it's kind of still part of work but not really part of work but it was kind of like just one-on-one uh in those situations was like okay there's no other like japanese person here to like pour this person's drink or like make sure we have enough alcohol at the table and stuff mm -hmm. uh so in those situations i did kind of feel a little bit of pressure just because it, it was a one-on-one -on -one situation yeah but yeah, right but just like you were saying, I don't think they were like, I think they were still going to give me like kind of, and then plus like I wasn't always doing a good job of that type of stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. So they were like kind of taking over the situation when they <laughs> needed more sake or something at the table. Yeah. How about you? Have you ever been in one of those situations or not no, at all? No, not really. No, like I've, I've always kind of tried to uh, invite my coworkers out in a more of a relaxed social environment, like inviting them out. Uh, to join like me and my friends so like you know you and other jujitsu friends like get get all them to join with us but they uh they tend to try to avoid uh, meeting new people and joining new groups which is a, which is another thing that's quite unique to japan i think like everyone kind of sticks to a certain group like everyone has their work work group friends and then there's my junior high school friends group my badminton club friends group and they never seem to you know 
intermingle with each other which is a very interesting thing i remember you know i've been we've been friends with a lot of japanese people and i haven't met a lot of their friends do you know what i mean mm. so i see them but and they know my friends but i've never really met their friends and they never invite me out to meet new people basically it's always like the same group of people which i don't mind but i think it's uh yeah it's quite interesting that they don't like to separate their friends from each other maybe they maybe because they have different roles within those groups as well different social positions or there's a there's a hierarchy which they wouldn't know where to fit in if uh if all these other different members kind of joined yeah, I mean, some some of it's probably just like it's a little mendoxai, a little burdensome to like mm. bring a, a new person along, unless unless you're like you know going hiking and that person's also into hiking, uh, you know, sort of the common interest is already there. Otherwise, if they do bring you along, they're just gonna be like, oh well, this is my foreign friend, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, uh, otherwise, yeah, uh, dance, gonna... sing and dance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Look what he can do. He can do this <laughs> cool English trick. Show him your English trick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was one thing I was going to kind of talk about, though. Like, uh, I mean, it's not really something you get away with, but it's a benefit of being a foreigner in Japan. Like, you do get that extra care and treatment, uh, people looking after you a little bit more. Um, you know, so you get babied a little bit. Uh, but on the other side, that can get a little annoying as well. So mm, yeah, that's one yeah. of those things that definitely cuts both ways. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's one that I have, which uh, you've probably noticed too. I don't know if it might be unique to Sapporo, but um, a lot of foreigners can get away with being a, a real prick sometimes. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, yes, definitely. Like if they were doing that back at home they would never get away with it. You know, someone would say something. But in Japan, or what I've seen in bars, you'll see, like, these drunk foreigners saying ridiculous things, shouting at each other, um, even, yeah, just insulting people, and no one really doing anything anything about it. And may, you know, people might say something, um, you know, stop being a dick or whatever, but, uh, but then they'll just keep doing it again and again and again, and then eventually... People just expect it from them and just kind of ignore it and just let them let them do it and and there's no uh, comeuppance. Whereas if you did that back home, um, I don't know, just people wouldn't really really do that. They wouldn't carry on doing that, and or either they'd be banned from the place and you wouldn't see them for a long time. But in uh, in Japan, you you kind of see that kind of person quite often. Yeah, and they're like, oh, there he goes again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's such a nice guy when he's uh, he's not drinking, but when he's drinking, you know, yeah. that's just how he gets. Right, know? and you see that in Japan quite a bit. But maybe that is why they kind of leave their their home countries because they can be like that. In a but especially in a country like Japan, they they kind of can. Yeah, or that's why they're definitely not going back or something. Mm. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, people. I guess another thing is, you know, like, especially in, in where I'm from, you know, there are kind of like rough areas where there's, I wouldn't say like gangs and stuff, but, you know, people, if you like annoy the wrong person, you're going to get your head beaten in or something like that, you know. But in in Japan, because you don't really know those kind of people in Japan, because usually they can't, 
they can't get here because they've already got a criminal record or they don't have a degree at university or something. So they can't come to Japan, those people. So you're probably not going to be able to associate yourself with people well, like that. What do you think that is? Do you think those people that kind of act that way in Japan, like they had a little bit of that already while they were there, and then like something in Japan, like the homesickness or whatever it is, is kind of like triggering it like a little off the scale too much? Or Oh, you mean like the the being a, being a dick, you mean? Yeah, I mean, because just like you said, I mean, I think a lot of those people I have in my head right now, Not there's not a lot of them, but um, yeah, just like back home, they wouldn't have made it. They want to survive very long, <laughs> yeah. Uh, going out and acting like that, and so it seems. Like, and in that case, they would have kind of learned maybe that behavior wasn't appropriate. But they're obviously acting that way in Japan and uh, still doing it for a long time. So I don't know. Like, did they? Is another? I mean, there's a lot of ways that people change when they um, go overseas, right? Mm. Uh, come to Japan. I don't know if I'm 100 percent the same way I would be uh, if I were still back in the U.S. Um, but there's some people that just kind of, I mean, I've heard of stories of a few people kind of going crazy. Like there was this guy in the jet program. Uh, I think, uh, I think it was while I was there. Like he just lost it. He, uh, I don't know if I've talked about this before, but he, like, <clears throat> you know, he's like sitting on the desk, um, in the teacher's room playing his guitar and stuff. Uh, like during when he should have been in class and like <laughs> people were trying to like talk to him, be like, what are you doing? And then he was started like calling himself like God, um, and he was like just walking through the school with like no shoes on and stuff. And he he ended up they ended up putting him in, in like a a mental institution in Japan. And uh, his uh, family I think this is what happened. His family had to come over and uh, pick him up and take him back to the U.S. Uh, but funny thing is, like uh, a few years after that or a while ago, I was like um, somebody sent me like his uh, LinkedIn profile. Uh, you know, for what he's doing for work now. And they're like, oh, look at this guy's doing now. He went crazy in Japan. And he was like a pretty uh, senior position in some company like back in the U.S. It's oh. just like, I mean, did they know what happened in Japan? And he got like taken back or like, so it's it like, oh, you hear all these kind of weird stories like that. Sometimes like people uh, escape something weird that was in the U.S. and they turn into a different person here. Or maybe they come here and something strange happens. They go back to the U.S. and it's like a whole chapter of weirdness of their life in Japan, like doesn't follow them back to the U.S. You know, right, know. right. Yeah. So maybe like what you're saying is that the people act up in Japan, but when they're back at home, maybe they're not like that at all. Or maybe they they kind of were, but they couldn't get away with it. So, but when they came here, they kind of you know could push that boundary further and further, and then they realized, oh, there's a there's almost no boundary here. And then they just kind of just let themselves go and just don't hold back. Yeah, I mean, well, there's definitely like a different kind of stress when you're here. There's homesickness, there's mm -hmm. whatever else. And I mean, actually, you know, we, we remember hearing about it like uh, when we first come over for training and stuff and they would talk about like some people don't adjust well. Mm -hmm. and they got to go back and stuff. So <laughs> Yeah, I guess so that definitely a, happens. an example of not adjusting very well. But those people, they... Uh, they end up staying for a long time and they just carry on doing doing the same old shit, you know, just being an idiot and, and people were just putting up with it. But, uh, yeah, maybe that's what makes them happy. They can just be themselves. Yeah, and the, <laughs> but the thing is, like, sometimes they even, like, get beat up pretty bad. You hear, like, somebody actually did finally punch them, but then, like, yeah. they were so, like, blacked out they don't remember the next day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, and they just carried on <laughs> yeah just forgot about it <laughs> and they see him the next night and they're like i don't know why i was black eye and then they start like just you know yeah just drinking all over again but 
But yeah, that 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 kind of you know goes on to um, how you know foreigners can um, can say a lot of crazy shit that they wouldn't get away with back at home too, especially talking to uh, talking to other Japanese people. Yeah, but just like you're right, they do say uh, some strange stuff to Japanese and completely get away. And the Japanese don't always recognize that they're like this person saying something that's inappropriate. And yeah, they can get away with that, right? Because of the language barrier, so that the Japanese would just be polite. Well, most of the time they won't know what they're saying, so they'll just be nodding along, smiling. And you see it all the time. You see, like you know, guys. Um, especially like in bars and stuff, they'll say like really direct, rude stuff to to Japanese girls, and uh, and Japanese girls they probably don't understand what they're saying, so they won't uh, they won't get angry about it. They will just smile and laugh. Um, yeah, you've you know we, you've seen it before. You know maybe some <laughs> sexual innuendos and stuff like that. Yeah, it's uh, definitely not cool. But that does kind of <laughs> lead into one of the other things I was going to mention. Uh, kind of a benefit. Uh, to being in Japan, um, wouldn't recommend uh, approaching women that we were just talking about, but there definitely is like a, you know a little bit of an edge that you can have as a foreigner in Japan uh, for picking up uh, Japanese girls, wouldn't you say? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you mean because because of the foreigners, you can approach them easier, or maybe they feel more comfortable about yeah. a foreigner doing it, or they or yeah. A lot of the time, they kind of expect it as well. Foreigners have that reputation of, uh, you know, kind of being a bit, a bit charai. Yeah, exactly. Well, all of that. There's just like, uh, I mean, you have like an opportunity, more opportunities. I mean, we've talked about it before. Uh, sometimes to uh, meet girls or girls, just like you're saying, they're kind of curious or interested for whatever reason about foreign guys. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, not always. It can again double-edged sword like a lot of people will ignore you just because maybe you are foreign and maybe because they think they're getting hit on in that foreign way that they just don't feel like dealing with and also um i don't know if it's just uh specific to foreigners but probably japanese people too but it seems to be okay to date really young girls in japan or not really young girls <laughs> but like girls who are a lot younger than yourself so you know the age differences i i think are a lot bigger than back at, in our home countries so it, it'd be quite think so? yeah i think so like it's i think it's quite rare to hear of uh someone back at home dating someone that's 10 years younger or older than them well i guess in like for the everyday man but i mean mm. you hear like i mean especially recently like a lot of celebrities yeah uh, unless they're the like US super and rich and you know they got all the money to to flaunt around but you know I'm, I'm talking about like just regular dudes you know just regular guys and regular women like i have uh you know i know quite a few people that are you know dating uh their other halves and there's you know some that have like 20 year age differences 15 years um and it's but it's quite normal here like you know with japanese people too like i know mm. um, some some of my japanese friends they have uh really young girlfriends or uh, yeah, even like really older guys dating a uh, you know a lot younger girls. How but, um, how big of a how what is your uh, definition of like a little bit uh, like 
broad range. I mean, I'm, I'm like, there's a nine year difference between my wife and I. Is that like, oh, is right. that one of those situations? Or are you talking I, about? I would say uh, 10 years. <laughs> 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 no, I, uh, yeah, nine is uh, nine's quite a, a big gap too, I think. Back at home, I think it would be. But here, I don't think it is. I think it's quite normal. Well, Whereas, in our situation, uh, what happened is just like, I just happened to be uh, not wanting to kind of settle down until I was like at about a certain age, which was around 40 and uh, or a little bit before that. And uh, most people, guys and girls, tend to get settled or married a little bit earlier than that. And so the people that you meet who are going to be interested to get married might will probably be in like their late 20s or early 30s. So I think that's what happened with our situation, which mm-hmm. I think is a little bit different than what you're talking about, where people just end up dating somebody uh, with quite a big age difference. But that does remind me, I was just thinking about this the other day, like my first girlfriend in Japan, like real girlfriend, official girlfriend, you know, I was like 26 and she was uh, 34 or 35. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, uh, you know, this is, and it was kind of, it was, I think she was like the first older uh, person I had dated, girl that I had dated, not person, <laughs> only girls. Um <laughs> Uh, but yeah, and so uh, yeah, I mean, that was kind of. I, I hope she was happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so you so you disagree with what I, what I'm saying? That like you think back at home it kind of happens too. <clears throat> I mean, uh, uh, apart from celebrities and billionaires, you well, think uh, it, it's not so common. Well, I think the, my friends back home who got married, most of them got married to people right around their same age. Mm. So yeah, me too. Uh, but I also think like, well, I, I don't really know what you're t- uh, saying because I don't know too many examples of like Japanese people where the, there's a big age difference unless it's like their second marriage or something. Um, but I think another thing that happens when you're overseas is like you never really know if you're going to return home or not. So sometimes you like put off getting married mm-hmm. uh, and so you won't settle down with it. But I guess you weren't talking necessarily just about marriage, right? You're talking about dating in general. Yeah, yeah, dating and marriage. But I think the what it is is... Um you know, it depends what kind of group of circle of friends that you have and where where you're hanging out. Like if you're if you're going to bars a lot, then yeah, you're probably going to meet a lot of young people, no matter what age you are. But whereas mm. I think back in our home countries, people kind of get to a certain age, like in their thirties, and then they don't really go out so much. You know, like go clubbing or drinking. But I feel like in Japan, um, you know, they they still kind of do that. Like we were, we were still going out. Well, yeah, we still kind of go out now, but um, obviously not so much during COVID. But you know, when when that was not around, me and you were still going to to bars and maybe not clubbing so much. Not, um, we haven't done that in a couple of couple of years, I think. Yeah, I don't think it was that long. Man. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like in terms of uh, social situations, I think um, back at home, like my my friends who are similar age to me, I don't they don't really go uh, go drinking regularly on the weekends anymore. You know, because they got families and stuff. But but even friends here who have families and kids, they still go out quite frequently to uh, to bars and. And Yours you truly enjoyed a nightlife. nightlife. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, again, though, that's kind of like one of those things of being a foreigner overseas or in Japan is that you, uh, yeah, do go out uh, for nightlife more than back home, mm. and it's uh, not frowned upon. 
maybe. Yeah, well, that <laughs> maybe the wives too. frown upon it. <laughs> well, I mean, I think also too, like you don't feel uh, for whatever reason as much of like the younger crowd looking at you, like who is this old person <laughs> at the club? Um, even well, actually, they probably are. <laughs> yeah, but, but again, they're like, oh, it's a it's a foreigner. It's that old foreign guy again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was again. here last week, <laughs> dancing on the on the tables. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ben's always here, man. Like every week. <laughs> oh well, yeah. So, anyways, that was uh, one of uh, yeah. One of my next thing was just kind of like the dating scene and and. Uh, the difference is, is being a foreigner uh, dating and stuff in Japan as compared mm. to back home. So yeah. being able to date younger girls basically is uh, is okay <laughs> in Japan. That's not what I was saying. <laughs> uh, well, th- this one might also um, correlate with being back home too, is uh, in Japan it's kind of acceptable to, uh, to be incompetent at work. Like you can be a bad worker and not get fired and still get jobs because in Japan they don't do uh, references which is quite interesting <laughs> yeah well yeah actually, I've, worked with, I've worked with some uh, you know pretty uh, pretty slack people uh, you know foreigners not um, as well as Japanese people but sometimes I wonder like how did you get this job how uh, how have you not been fired yet how uh, how come no one has said anything? Uh, yet yet they keep working, they keep moving on to new better jobs, um, and uh, you know I think a big 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 reason for that is probably because yeah there's there's no such thing as references in Japan. So yeah, especially like in the teaching world, like you like you'd be like here's some crazy story that happened with somebody, and then you're like find out that they're still working just at the new location. Like how? Did, <laughs> How do, does this person keep getting hired? Yeah. But, I mean, I think you're exactly right. Like, uh, unless you're working kind of like in different multinational companies or whatever, they will not uh, look up references or ask for references. And that was something I was really surprised by. Like, in fact, I think they usually even recommend, like, if you're interviewing at a Japanese company, do not include uh, references on your resume. And I think some of that has to do with, um, you know, just because there's not as much uh, well, there used to not be as much uh, changing, job changing, job switching in Japan. So, like, I think people didn't really want uh, their companies being uh, contacted. And, I mean, I think it might have even been expected if uh, somebody left the company that everyone there would just badmouth them anyways. Mm, so there's right. no point in giving references. But yeah. but I'm right. surprised very often, like, how does a person keep getting it? but. <laughs> Yeah. That uh, is also kind of something that's uh, specific to the English teaching world, I would say. Like, um, it, was, it was kind of something that I was going to say. Like, uh, I think a lot of people like feel like no matter what, they can always have a job in Japan because there's always, and that's kind of a benefit to being here, there's always English teaching you can fall back on. Uh, right, right. Yeah, you don't need any skills to be, a, to be an English teacher, <coughs> apart from a, a degree. I think that's all you need. Yeah, well, I mean, it, you know, it depends on in what capacity you're talking about. Like, obviously, like, the positions you're working for now and, you know, other people that are working at universities and stuff, like, you do have, I mean, they do want to have, see some kind of experience, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But, yeah, there's always an opportunity to teach English in some capacity. Yeah, uh, no whatever matter it's what to, to kids, like, especially with kids, as long as you're, as long as you have the energy to, uh, 
to to sing and dance then uh yeah you won't have a problem <laughs> <laughs> yeah well it's true yeah i mean i'm laughing but it's true yeah as long as you can sing and dance yeah <laughs> well, even, uh, well that's quite a tough skill you know to, to actually be good at singing and dancing like, you know if if you can do that really well man people will be uh throwing money at you to uh, to to work for them yeah, and actually, you know, there's sometimes even it seems like more opportunities for teaching kids than there is for uh, teaching adults sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you've got the energy for it, I don't have the energy for it anymore. Did it, I did it like for about, I think, uh, yeah, a year and a half. And uh, What did you have to sing? Well, you know, there was like the, the Hello song and a Goodbye song, you know, stuff <laughs> like that. The ABC song. Yeah, no, it, wasn't like, it wasn't like original stuff, you know. I've never heard that. Could you uh, remind me? <laughs> <laughs> goodbye, but goodbye. <laughs> I can see why you only did it for a year and a half. Yeah. <laughs> well, the last thing I was going to kind of mention is, uh, I mean, I would just say, like, uh, one of the good things or things, I don't know if it's necessarily, again, something you get away with, but just, like, one of the um, benefits to being a foreigner in Japan uh, it's just like living in a foreign country, like you just go through this uh, phase where everything is just new, you know, there's just novelty to everything, even if that only like lasts, uh, you know, in a really intense way for like a year or two years or three years or whatever. Like, I really think that everyone should, uh, I mean, it's hard to say now because with COVID, you never know how things are going to settle out, how much people are, whether, when, when, or how it's going to get back to the place where like people are freely moving between countries and stuff. Um, but I think everybody should experience uh, living and working in a foreign country, not just uh, to learn more about that country, but just I think it helps people so much to get a different perspective, even on their own country or their For own sure. lives and everything. Yeah. You know? And you'll grow a lot too. You'll learn a lot about yourself, whether it's good or bad. Um, but you will definitely change as a person and learn a lot of learn a lot of things and hopefully grow but um yeah yeah and everything is just like super new and i remember the first time i came over here this is like one of my very vivid memories of like the first few weeks i was in sapporo uh and was sitting down at like uh, a work party well it wasn't an official work party it was just like for foreign teachers kind of got together go out drinking and stuff and uh, people got into, like, uh, debate about politics or whatever. And, um, man, I just remember, like, somebody was going off on the U.S. Uh, just, like, how... Was he, was he British? No. <laughs> and his was it was me, ben. was it? His name was Ben. <laughs> uh, no, it was uh, it was actually a Canadian guy, um, which is, you know, Canadians are usually pretty, uh, you know... Uh, peaceful and stuff um but he was just like yeah obviously capitalism was like the worst form of uh you know whatever this that and the other and he was kind of going off about it and i was just like i was like i was kind of caught off a little bit off guard because it was like the first i mean you hear like americans criticize things about america especially you know recently or whatever um but i was still young at that time and uh you know the conversations the deep conversations or discussions or arguments you hear like when you're in the u.s or about like people's different perspectives on issues that are happening in the u.s and you don't really hear too many like people uh sincerely uh criticizing like what's wrong with the u.s until you get out of the country and i was just like 
it, it was, it was like kind of like an eye-opening experience, and it was a good thing that I went. And, and since that point, I've obviously heard a lot of this uh, <laughs> over the many years that I've been here, and not just from uh, you know non-Americans, but from Americans as well. And uh, I think that's really because when you're in the U.S., you don't realize how much people are paying attention to what's going on in the U.S. Obviously, you do the the older you get because you see like you know just whatever you just become more knowledgeable about what's going on in the rest of the world. But even then, I don't think you understand like how much people are, are paying attention to what's going on in the U.S. Because what's going on in the U.S. actually does have like a big effect on other countries as well, whether directly because the U.S. is trying to you know. Uh, get involved in some other country's business or whatever, or just indirectly, just because it's the U.S., you know. I mean, that goes for all countries. Like, whatever happens in a certain country obviously affects other countries around it. But it was very eye-opening to see, like, you know, that side of the U.S. And I bring this up because, you know, the election is coming up and people talk about, like, you know, how can you, maybe you shouldn't even be voting in the U.S. election if you haven't been in the U.S. for such a long time. And it's like, actually it's kind of really good for people who've been out of the u.s to still vote uh in the u.s election for a number of reasons but one of those is because they do have a different perspective actually on what's going on in the u.s and that can also uh you know have a good influence on what type of decisions they think should be made in the u.s who's uh you know winning elections and stuff so anyways mm. something been on my mind a little bit so yeah next uh next month is the election right yeah, less than a month away. So yeah, yeah, big, yeah, uh, big, on. big decision for, uh, for the Americans <laughs> to make. Yeah, yeah, be interesting to see what happens, man. You never yeah. know. System so strange, but yeah, we'll see. Cool. Well, um, I think we're about that time. Back, we've been recording for a, for a while, and I think we covered quite quite a few things. Quite some uh, some benefits of being a foreigner, or some things that foreigners can get away with uh, being in Japan as opposed to their their home countries. Yeah, so, some uh, serious topics yeah. in there and some uh, fun topics as well. So I hope people enjoyed it. Yeah, and I uh, hope to catch you next time, everyone. Remember to leave us a rating and review on iTunes uh, slash Apple Podcasts. And uh, that will help support the show. And uh, hopefully we'll spread the word for, for potential listeners that are still hesitant about what, uh, what podcast to listen to when it comes to Japanese life life uh, life in Japan all right thanks everyone bye bye